Well, good morning. Great to have you here this morning. We are uh, launching a new sermon series this morning called Living Proof. Living Proof. We're going to be walking through the book of Philippians, and we have one job to try to figure out what does it look like for God to have his way with me. Like, Lord, if I give you full control of my life, what's the living proof of you at work in me? All right. We're walking through the book of Philippians. We're going to see the earmarks all over the place of a spirit-led person, a God-saved body. All right. So that's what we're going after. So let's get started today. Today's uh, sermon is called Living Prayerfully. In fact, it could also be called living for his glory or, or living powerfully, or there's a lot of things we could put to today. I chose prayerfully because the whole first part of Philippians 1 is actually Paul's prayer, all right? So living prayerfully, and we'll see a piece of what he prays there. So this past week, uh, our family was watching some of the March Madness. All right, I was watching March Madness with it muted, and we were playing games and talking. And uh, I was trying to get them to watch March Madness. And there was a point while we were playing the game where I glanced over. It was the Louisville game. I glanced over and I saw people laying on the ground all over the place. There were three or four guys laying down. They were holding their hands. It was sort of what you would do if you just lost a really close game, but they were in the first half. And I'm like, what's going on? They don't do that in basketball, you know? And my daughter's talking to me and I'm listening and looking and looking and listening and I finally just went, hold on, babe, something really big's going on. So I pick up the thing and I turned on the uh, sound just in time to hear him say, we're really not sure what happened. Let's go show the replay again. Yes. So you saw it too. And so he comes jumping up and wears a uh, great kid. Kevin wears jumping up to try to block a three point shot, misses the block. The guy shoots the shot, comes down, turns a little bit sideways and his tibia snaps. And, uh, and so they show it, and I'm like, I'm listening. I go, oh, drop the remote. I don't want to see it again. And somehow only a few of them saw it, and they're like, let's just play that one more time. And I'm like, honey, check this out. I don't know why I said that. So she turns around, and she looks, and then you hear screams. It wasn't me. But, but you heard scream, ah, as you see this leg snap and... It was compound fracture. It was nasty. And uh, they ended up taking towels and covering his leg up. It was so bad. And uh, you see teammates and people in the stadium all responding at different levels. And uh, you know what? The team, they were literally in tears. There were guys crying for him. I mean, a career could be ended. Their season could be ended. This was a great kid, a great player. And what's going to happen next? And and also a little worried for themselves. And what does it mean to jump around here now? And, and right? <laughs> Wouldn't you jump a little lower the next time? <laughs> I, anyway, maybe that's just me. But, you know, then there's the opposing team. And they weren't quite in tears, but they were a bit aghast. The new thing now is you pull your shirt up and you bite it. Have you noticed that? That's what they all do now. Pull the jersey up and you kind of bite it. And they're like, oh, dude, jeez, I'm getting away from that. They just kind of walk away. And, and, uh, well, and then there's our family where you're like, oh, change the channel <laughs> and set it down. Right. And you respond at different levels, depending on how close you are to the person going through it. Don't you? And uh, so what we're talking about today is how to create that sense of team 
that his team had. How do we get so close with one another? How do we be so prayerfully locked in with each other that if anything happened to someone in this body, you're in tears with them. You're locking together arm in arm. You feel it with them. You're longing for them. And one of the earmarks of God at work in our lives is this unbelievable passion for each other coming before God Almighty. Amen? That's where we're looking at today, living prayerfully. So turn with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Philippians 1, 1 through 11. We got the ushers coming forward with Bibles. If you need one, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you, all right? Just raise your hand. They'll get a Bible to you. Philippians 1, 1 through 11. First step in prayer. If you're going to be praying for one another, locking arms with one another, thinking about each other, longing for each other, first step, be thankful always. For those who partner in the gospel. Uh, Be thankful always for those who partner in the gospel. This is with you, really. Be thankful always. So let's just walk through it here. First part. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi and the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. This is Paul's welcome, his introduction, right? This is a letter written by Paul and Timothy, it says here. Paul and Timothy, and uh, really it's Paul who's the primary writer, Timothy who's assisting somewhat. Paul is writing from prison. Bummer, right? He's sharing the truth of Jesus Christ and he's been locked up for it. And he's in a prison in Rome, probably around AD 60 is when this thing's being written. And uh, I'm telling you, when Paul is in prison, churches are being benefited. Are you hearing me? There's times where God takes the ugly things that you have to go through and helps benefit those around you. And uh, while Paul's in prison, he's able to pen these letters that connects with churches and says, here's what God has for you. And uh, so this is one of those letters from prison, God's bigger plan in a tough situation. Who's he writing to? To the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. To the saints in Christ Jesus. This is the believers. Did you know that? Every single believer is called a saint. Uh, there aren't just a few guys who have a corner on that market. There's not just some people who have acted at extra special levels and we call them saint. And like, if you're a believer, you're a saint. That's what's biblical. All right. Do you trust in Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. Saint. And I'm not really good at it. Need to work on it, saint. That's kind of where it is, right? It's like, nonetheless, the name, the title is saint. And, uh, to the saints who are at Philippi. And the overseers and deacons. All right. So there's leadership there. Overseers and deacons. Overseer is another name for elder. You see that used interchangeably. So there's two sets of leadership. Elders and deacons. What are the two sets of leadership? And so we have. Thank you. It's biblical. Let's just follow what scripture says. All right. Elders and deacons. They're helping watch over. And and, uh, so they're partnering with the people. And. And. uh, So I'm writing to you guys in Philippi. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. 
These are two things that result from knowing the God of the universe. Grace, God pouring out what you don't deserve, but a blessing nonetheless just poured on you. Grace, may you experience God dumping his vastness into your small little world and blowing you away with who he is. Grace and peace. May you grasp that God has it under control. He's got it. He's got it. And as we're going through our tough things, and as we're going through our moments, we get to understand that God has his loving arms wrapped around, and he's moving us through a sovereign plan we could never imagine bigger. God's got it. Grace and peace to you. Hey, this is just like one of those normal welcomes, but let's not walk past what it really is. What an awesome experience we can have with our God. Grace and peace. So he dives in. I thank my God. Uh, That's a great way to start telling him, I'm praying for you, right? I'm talking to God Almighty and I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I I so appreciate. Thank you what? I thank my God in all my remembrances of you. Wow. In all. Not just some or even most, but like all get ready because Paul unleashes a series of four alls and everys in here that are amazing. And I don't think he's just trying to make a big point. He's saying, this is the way I live. And uh, what a huge challenge. So I'm going to need you to cry out with me. Get ready. I need some talking out loud. All right. Some alls and everys. Get ready. Here we go. In all my remembrances of you. How many? Not just some, but always. How often? Not just sometimes, but you got to be kidding me. All my remembrances, always in every prayer of mine. How many prayers? So in every prayer, every time I sit down, every time I'm talking to the Lord, I thank him for what's going on there and every moment I had with you. And in fact, he goes on and says, for you all, how many people? For you all, making my prayer with joy. Uh, all my remembrances, always, every prayer for you all. Really? Philippi didn't have any losers. Where Paul's like, not really thanking for that guy. Know what I'm talking about? Come on, we've been in church, right? You're like, seriously? That guy? And I remember when he did this to me. And really, none of that ever happened to Paul. He's just like, great experiences all the time. No, I think actually that did happen to Paul. That's the point of this prayer. Do you see what I'm saying? Is we're not just praying for the people we think are cool. We're not just praying for the people that are really extra special to me. We're praying for all. Every time. In all my remembrances. I got to believe when Paul wrote this down and Timothy was probably helping him and he's right in all my remembrances. And Timothy, Timothy writes it and he looks it up like, Seriously? What about when so-and-so, and and Paul's like, I know, I know, I know, but I'm telling you, God even used that. And in the moment where it was hard, and in the moment where we had to struggle, look what came from it. And it's amazing how our wrestling together grows the both of us. Amen? Yeah, that was a weak amen. Amen? 
Yes, I know. So let's, let's just do this. Just look to your left and look to your right. Go ahead. Really do it. Look to your left. Look to your right. Catch eyes with some people. One of you is weird. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. You can figure out what you want to do. But, but I'm just telling you this. You do need to be praying all, always, every prayer. And what's the end result? Making my prayer with joy. How often do we sit in a church life experience, and many of you might be new to this experience, and, and what you know of church is like not a whole lot of joy, and kind of a lot of names I have a list of that I'd really like to go off on, and every Sunday afternoon at lunch is not a nice time of Panera, praising God for the worship, it's, can you believe so-and-so? And we're done with that. All right? We're done with that. There is no room for that in this place. Can I be more authoritative? Uh, We need to be done with that. We need to actually end the let me list everything that bothers me. Why? Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Partnership. Team, man. Team. Together in this thing. And God is growing each and every one of us. And some of us, you might be here and you're like, I don't even know who Jesus Christ is. Hang on. God's got some statements for you. And he's going to be growing you in him and teaching you who he is and bringing you to his salvation. And some of you may trust in him already, but you're just coming along and you're like, I seem to be offending everybody. I don't know how to do this thing. And and hang on, we'll work together on it. We're partnering in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, because he loves us and he died for us and we have awesome hope in him. That's our king. And uh, Lord, may we not just look for the ones that look like us or talk like us or have grown as much as us. May we pray for all and every all the time. All right, let me just hit a little closer to home even. Uh, So we'll call out a few towns here. And so uh, I live in Peoria and those people over the river, they, and we're done with that. Uh, right? Or I live up in German downhills. I'm like, I got far enough away from them that I kept my normalcy. But those people over there who, right, or, or Marquette Heights and, or, or Morton, and like, I'm just calling out the people that I think are weird and it's everybody not in my zone. Can we be done with that? That's what the world does. All right? And this is a regional church. We have over 35 communities represented in this church. Amen? Amen. And th- amen. That's worth applause. Over 35 communities represented, and here's our job. Love them all. Love them all. I'm not interested in what the world thinks of that town. I'm interested in what God thinks. And I see words like partnership and and on fire and God moving. And what a joy we have to lock arms with each other. Get to know people from other communities and get to love them and care for them. That's our job in this place. Not sure I can say it more authoritatively and more thoroughly and more completely. We're done with the whole breakdown into town communities. Can we please be done with that? And every time we have to teach our world something, stand up and teach it strong. Our God believes in an all and every. And we're pulling it in that way. Let's love on each other, all right? I love being a part of community. I love being a part of partnership. And um, 
I can just tell you that I love being a part of our staff. Uh, it's a blast to partner in the gospel. Uh, you know, this past week, we, you know, we had Easter celebration last week. Can you tell? Right? And we had Easter celebration last week, and over 2,700 people were here, and a great celebration. We had, yeah, another applause. Right? We had half a dozen people saved. Amen. Worth applause. God at work, right? That's our God. And he's stirring hearts and he's bringing people and half a dozen people saved and a bunch of people renewing commitments. And midweek, uh, we had a couple come into the church and to talk with Pastor Mike. And uh, they were sitting down to chat through some life and some things and getting into impact group. And as Mike walked through story with them and hearing their life story, uh, was able to just kind of Holy Spirit pinpointing for them. Hey, maybe we need to talk through the gospel a little more. And just said, hey, help me. So where are you at with? Walk through the gospel message. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm coming along in it, but I'm not there yet. And uh, Mike just took some very tender words and a soft time as he said, hey, so can I just be honest with you? Yeah, sure. So um, here's what I'm hearing. Shared a little bit from his heart and said, can I challenge you? Make today the day you put the stake in the ground. Make today the day that you're done with the wrestling with it and now you're good with him and make him your God. And uh, Mike walked him through the gospel message again and he accepted Christ there. Amen. And so we had somebody saved midweek. I don't know if it was Wednesday or whatever it was. Yeah, Wednesday. And uh, his wife sitting next to him and able to put her hand on his leg as the three of them now pray together and he accepts Christ. And let me tell you something, April started off huge for him. And that's what we're talking about and partnering together. I love the fact that, hey, I've got a job and a responsibility, but we have team going on around here and our guys have it and they're going to go one-on-one and they're going to love you like crazy. They are going to uh, love big and they're going to lead well. Partnership in the gospel. That's what this place is all about. And uh, Lord, we're humbled to be able to work with you and we long to be able to pray with you for the people around us. What a team that God's assembling here. What a body that God's assembling here. Simple question. So, uh, do you have a church you're partnering with? A body that you're calling home? Maybe you're in between or maybe you're first visiting here today. And Here's my request. Lock in and call a place home and start building there. And I'm not saying everybody won't be weird. Some people might be. It might even be you. And come join us. And if you don't have a place, we would love to have this be your place. But partner, commit, be in. Not just part-time, but full-time. Lord, I want you glorified in my life. And more than that, maybe you've committed to a church. Now it's time to say, Lord, help me be thankful. So just do me a favor. Think of two names right now. That you could be thankful for. Two names. That have been able to be a part of touching your life. That God has used. That you're interacting with. Two names. Really do it. Some of you are looking at me like. Okay I'll do that later. Do that now. Two names. Okay. And commit now to saying. Lord I'm going to be thankful for these people. All week long. I'm going to lift their names up like crazy. And thank you Lord. For how you're touching my life. Even through these people. Thank you, Lord. You're going to be amazed how thanking begins to bring a joy.
Paul said, making my prayer with joy. Look, it's no secret that Paul had joy going in his life huge. And I'm telling you, part of it is because he lived the all and every. He lived the all and every. Commit to it with all you've got. All right? So first, it's being able to partner with, care for, and thank God for. Second, be hopeful for God's perfecting work. Be hopeful for God's perfecting work. We're not just thankful, we're hopeful. God, I see you doing things around here. Verse 6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. And I am sure of this. Like, I love that statement. There's not a lot of things you can say that about, right? You could be talking about, like, are we going over to this store? Is it going to be open? I am sure it's going to be open. Uh, and then the electricity went out or whatever, right? We can't be sure of a whole lot. But you can be sure of this, that God will complete the work he began. We have a God who is at work in each of us. And we have a God who is at work in this body. We have a God, if he has brought you to the point where you're like, you're my God. I'm telling you, he's got more planned than that. The job is not just to be saved and then wander around life. The job is to grow in him and be conformed to his image. If you have been saved, that is great. The gospel at work. The good news of Jesus Christ. And you're like, I trust you, Lord. Please forgive me. I have offended you and stepped on you with my personal sin. I just want to be all about my glory, not yours. And please forgive me. Use your shed blood to replace what I owe. Saved. You're my God. I'm done with the old and I'm running after you. Saved. And then sanctified. Growing to be more like him in every moment of every day. Hey, my prayer for you is simply this. That tomorrow you look back and say, man, that's the worst I ever did caring for people. That I'm getting better every day at it, God. I'm seeing you at work in my life. And I'm more fired up for you than ever before. Lord, I want to long for you. And I want you to change me. To look more like you. He will complete The work. You know, when we picture somebody running a track meet and the gun goes off, you don't picture them like firing out at the start and then going, ah, I'll get a hot dog. (laughs) Right? That's not it, right? And this race we're running is about, Lord, change me and like run the race hard and fix your eyes forward on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our good faith and give him your all. And watch God transform you from one degree of glory to the next. Second Corinthians chapter 3. Lord, I'm ready for you to take hold. What do I need to give up this week? Uh, really, each week should kind of be the, here's what I'm working on this week. And here's what I'm working on this month. And still working on that thing this month. Lord, I'm trying to give this to you. And, and Right? Be real with God on what needs to change and see who Christ is in scripture and what he's calling you to be. And part of it is you putting out effort. But hear me, if you're not basking in the greatness of your God and letting his awesomeness pour over you, you're missing out on the secret to the actual change. And so what you'll find is change lasts about five weeks. If I just muscle it, it'll last about five, six weeks. And by week seven, you sort of tail off into me world again. Uh, How do you know you're breaking through? 
because you're getting to weeks eight and nine and 10 and 12 and 14 and he's having his way with you. God's glory pouring over you. Let him transform you from one degree of glory to the next. Paul says, I am sure of this. Confident, nothing will move me. God's at work in you. God's at work in me. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. When will we be done with this? Uh, When Christ returns. Revelation 19, baby. And not until then. That's what it looks like. If we're alive and well, when Christ returns, that's the moment perfection comes. There's another way. That's through death. As we're then glorified and being with him. But I'm telling you, in this moment, he's recognizing for you alive, the hope in living is it doesn't end this side of heaven where we're like, I've arrived. I'm now perfect. And I'm still on earth. Look at me, perfect. Perfect people join me. Just the perfect people here. You're going to have a small club. Right? It's no perfection until Christ returns. And why? Because it's at that moment that he glorifies. He takes over. He perfects us. He conforms us to his image. Christ taking over in this world. That's Revelation 19. Revelation 20 is an awesome next step of perfection with him. That's what we're looking at. Lord, my hope is in you. And why is Paul saying, I'm sure of this? He's saying, I'm sure of it because he's sure of God. He's not saying, I'm sure of you, people in Philippi. I'm sure you've got it. And that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm sure that God's got this. And I'm trusting him for everything. Romans chapter 8. All right. At the day of Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. Team. Close together, locked arm in arm, excited about what God is doing. Team, I hold you in my heart. I I tear up when I hear the hardship you're going through. And and I get excited when I hear the victories that you're experiencing. uh, You matter to me. I hold you in my heart. Why? For you are all partakers with me of grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Know this, that while I am separated from you, I sense your closeness to me. That while we are distant, we are on the same task, him glorified. And we're doing this together. And sometimes you're sending me letters and sometimes you're bringing me stuff. And sometimes you send me a person and sometimes I'm sending you letters and we're we're rallying together on this thing. We're partnered together and... Do you have partners like that in the gospel? I mean, that's what our impact groups are really supposed to all be about, is building some intense team together where we long for each other and we hurt for each other and we grow with one another. Partnering, partaking. He says, for God is my witness, how I yearn for you all. When is the last time you used the word yearn? Right? It's a big different word, isn't it? It's a word that we know. We've heard it. What does it mean? It means I long for it with all I have. It means I give up almost anything for that. I, 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 I yearn for it. That's what's happening. He's using a word that you may not use often. Maybe that's because we don't live this way. 
and try to look for a word that means yearn, and I'm not sure what it's going to be for you. But longing for it, hungering for it, all in for it. Notice what he says after it. For you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I love that phrase. With the affection of Christ Jesus. Jesus is pouring into me and loving me. And I'm learning from him. And so I'm trying to pour into you. And love you. With the affection of Christ Jesus. I'm telling you. If you're loved by. It's like you're being loved by Jesus himself. That's what he's saying. Like he has such a perfected love in Christ. He's so growing in him. That him caring is like Jesus caring. And that needs to be our goal around here. Lord, help us to lock together as a body. Help us to improve as a body. Because there's always room for improvement. That's the sanctifying battle cry, right? There's always room for better. And uh, may God continue to have his way with me. And may Jesus Christ be honored as you care for the person you know next to you like Jesus Christ would. As you care for the person two sections over who you've never met because you always sit in your section. Know what I'm saying? Come on, we all know what happens. You walk in, you got your habit, you got your special row, and you walk in, you're like, oh, the guy took my seat. Right? Then you sit behind him and you watch him the whole time you're worshiping. See if this guy really knows how to worship. Come on, let's be real. How many times do we walk in with the wrong temperament and attitude? And Lord, please help me to long to get to know people, to get to know their names, to care for them, to be a part of it with them, that God might get the greater glory. Lord, help me meet this body and care for this body. Paul says he yearns for them with the affection of Christ. You know, I just want to tell you, each week when I sit down to go through and preach a sermon, I did it this week too, when I sit down, My prayer first is, Lord, what does this body need to hear? What do we need to know? And how do we need to improve so we look more like you? We as a whole looking more like you. And then we each individually looking more like you. And then walking through that and and trying to be gutted by the passage. Not just like, oh, that's what the passage says. But like, unbelievable. Are you catching this? And like that level of gutted on it. And and getting it inside of me first. Lord, what do I need to be changing and going after? And and after I get that kind of nailed, then I sit down and go, okay, Lord, four chairs. Literally do this. Four chairs. Person who has never met you before. What's it look like to help make it clear today to him, to her? Or somebody who has met Christ and they're, they're, they're trusting you, but... But they don't totally get what it means to follow you. And they might have been hurt by a church body somewhere. And they're not sure they want in. And what's that look like? Or or the person who's getting it and they're growing and they're excited. and Or maybe the person who's been a believer for 40 years. And they've been through Philippians nine times. And what are we going to be talking about here? That people can be locked in with you and fired up. And why am I saying that? Because I yearn for you to be able to grow in our King, and His love, and His purpose. I long for each of you, wherever you're at, to take that next step to looking more like Him. What's it look like for you today? Get a hold of something and take that step with Him. Let's let God have His way with this place. And when people walk in, they're like, oh, man, I've never seen anything like this. I can't even put words to it. And 
May that be what's going on around here. Not for our glory, but for our King's glory. Amen? Amen. May he be shown off with everything we have. Let me just say it this way. Gospel message. We talked about it in the first point. Somebody saved and the, the gospel message saves us. Please hear me. The gospel in that message is not just for salvation. The gospel message is not just get them saved and then we're done with the gospel, set it aside. Now we start a bunch of to-do lists. Right? That's not it. Gospel message every day of our lives. Gospel pouring through us every day. Finding a new nuance to how Christ loves us and who he is in us and what the cross means to us so that somehow God can take me a step further in him. Everything centered in the gospel. And and so we call a husband to be a better husband because of the gospel and who Jesus Christ is, right? Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. The gospel does not stop at salvation. It leads us to every life change. And so as you're looking for that next step in your life, that changing thing, that God, fire me up, that Lord, give the living proof stamp in me that you're at work and I want you to take over. Just know this. It starts with his gospel. The good news of his love and his compassion. Christ at the cross and then risen again. Alive and seated at the right hand of the father. Soon to return. Revelation 19 and put it all in place. That's our gospel hope. Now may we truly live that way. Are you ready To see God have his way with you. Hopeful of the change he's going to make because of the gospel truth. So here's the question. Are you growing regularly? Are you letting God do that? Or is it more like I do that Sunday gig and then Monday to Saturday I get distracted like crazy and I come back and go, oh, that's right. That's what I'm supposed to be about. uh, Let's make Monday through Saturday the work zone. And Sunday's our huddle, where we hang for a moment and we get a game plan and then we're out making Christ glorified. Amen? That's our job. Lord, you've got me. And may your gospel be more real to me than ever before in my life. And may I live it out to the person next to me at work or in my family, wherever. Okay. Changing has to be our goal. So thankful, hopeful. And the third one, be loving, deep in knowledge and discernment. Be loving, deep in knowledge and discernment. Here we go. He says, and it is my prayer, hence we called it living prayerfully, right? I thank my God and it is my prayer. Do you hear all the praying that he's got for this body? You want to be praying for this body? Be praying these things, thankful and hopeful and being loving. Now notice what it says. It is my prayer that you, your love may abound more and more. I love that statement. That your love may abound more and more. May the love you have today be the worst love you've ever had now and the next day just gets better from there. Do you know what I'm saying? Every day is an improved love. That's what love abounding more and more means. It means tomorrow I've learned something new about how to listen better. Or about when to respond and when not to respond. About when to just take someone's hand and let a tear be shed with them. 
and about when to have a word of hope from scripture for them about when to be helping physically with needs, maybe coming over to their house and doing something or dropping some food off and when to give some space and think. And just so you know, we give way too much space. Just so everybody's heard me say that. Way too much space, all right? The world has decided to say, live it alone. And so they teach the best way to love is give them space. We'll figure it out later. Wrong answer. Let's make sure we're caring deeply and uh, we're serious about this. And uh, we're launching a care team right now. And we're going after this in big measure. Pastor Kent's going to be running that piece. And I'm telling you, we need to make sure we're here for one another. And uh, in balance and being careful, but more in than not. Amen? Loving that abounds more and more. He says, you want to know how to make your love abound more and more? Check it out. Next words. With knowledge and discernment. And... What? Just let that settle for a moment. So my love is going to improve when I have knowledge and discernment. So somehow I have to learn something. Like love doesn't get better by just continuing to bring the same meal to somebody. I'm really happy if you're bringing something to somebody. But just hear me. If all it is is execute the same way and I'm not learning and growing, I'm not becoming more discerning, I'm not seeing a weak spot in me and challenging it. And Lord, I want that changed. And are you hearing me? Knowledge and discernment. It's an unsettling challenge, especially for those who have been saved for a long period of time and you feel like you've got your gig together. So I'm talking to that chair right now. Remember the four chairs? I've been saved for a long time and be careful. You've probably gotten in a rhythm that makes you feel good about where you're at and you've stopped doing the and more and more, right? You've stopped doing the continuing to grow and it's Lord, it's not enough. I don't want to stop this side of heaven. I don't want to be satisfied with a little you. I want to be satisfied with all of you and more and more and knowledge growing in him discerning, being blown away by how he would apply his character into a situation. Teach me, Lord. Teach me that I might grow in knowledge and discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. Trust me, you'll get what's right and wrong. You'll just have this sense. You'll be moving through it and you'll be like, that's not cool. What's going on with that? Or did anybody have them covered? Is somebody caring for them? Right? It's just going to start spilling out of you. You will be able to approve it because you've tasted it. You get it. You know him and you know exactly how Christ would love in that scenario. That's what it looks like. Lord, teach me to love like you would love. Knowledge and discernment, approving what is excellent. All right. Top four things I have to grow in if I'm going to grow in love. Top four things I have to grow in if I'm going to grow in love. Number one. You're going to have to grow in your understanding of God himself. God. Just being destroyed with his greatness. Lord, show me how wonderful you are. I can't wait to see another aspect of you this week. And uh, I just downloaded a book last night. I won't even say the name here. But I just downloaded a book last night on the love of God. Just to read through understanding the depths of the love of God and its nuances and how he portrays it and how he displays it. And let's make sure we're constantly learning about God himself. All right. And uh, that starts with some private time with him. Uh, you alone. And uh, trust me, these are moments that are um, 
They're in the balance for you. If you get there and you spend a little bit of time and you do your quick read, you read 42 words or maybe even 42 verses and you get done and you slap the Bible closed and you want to check a box that says, devotion's done. And you're walking out and you cannot say, this part of God blew me away today. It came up short. Okay? Our job is not to just do something and check a box. Lord, just show me you. I don't care if you get through three words. Just be blown away by him. That's what it's about. All right? That's where we're at. Lord, show me you. It leads us right to the second one. Not just learning about God, but learning of the word. Uh, Spending time in the word. Uh, Why do we proclaim the word of God without apology? Because it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. His word trains us and teaches us and leads us. Spend time in his word, learning of him, learning of his ways, growing in him. Let God stun you with his grandeur and some cool story you never heard or a story you read 10, 15 times, but you never saw this. I was sitting at a dinner on Friday night with my little, my younger daughter, Alyssa, and she made a point out of a verse as we were chit-chatting. And uh, it was just us two of us. My wife and Megan were up at a college trip. And uh, so we were just talking. And she said, you know what? I didn't even notice this. And she just pulled out a word of a verse. I'd never noticed it before. Blew me away. And we had a little talk about that. And uh, it doesn't matter how big or how small. Just spend some time going. Didn't know that. Growing in that. Let God show you himself in knowledge and discernment. Third one, gospel. The gospel applies to so many things. And we always just apply it to one. Get my sin out of the way, man. But it teaches us how to love. teaches us how to forgive. It teaches us how to see through God's eyes how a bad thing can be a good thing. Okay? And God at work in this world is sovereign hand in control. And so much we can learn from the gospel applying it to your circumstances. See how the gospel applies to what you're going through. And then the fourth one is people. You're going to have to spend some time interacting and caring. There might be times where you trip and you hurt someone a little bit with the way you've tried to care. Keep going. Keep learning. Apologize along the way. We have to learn to care for one another. Amen? Man, it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your as yourself. And Lord, help us begin to care for those around us with all we've got. Loving, abounding more and more. He says right at the end here, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Not just kind of got some, but absolutely to the max, spilling over the top, can't handle it, totally enjoy, loving what I'm doing, got it working me. He's awesome. To the glory and praise of God. Purpose statement. Why do any of this? Why do all of this? That he might be shown off. Not that I might be shown off, right? Hey, I can be the first one to give someone a phone call and be praying with them. I might be the first one on a hospital visit. I might be the first and the third and the fifth one to be bringing a meal over. And in the end, I'm always like, I got a t-shirt on and it says, I'm good at caring for people. Right? We're walking around with it all about me. I'm just telling you, I'm good at caring, baby. And I want you to know my name. And uh, on that plan, all right? 
Yes, care. And always for his glory. And so let's be careful. The moment we start reaching out, we're going to say, did you see what I did? And uh, not about me at all. And the more that it's not about me, the more we're just happy he's glorified. Amen? Amen. Let's bring it bigger. Amen? Amen? To the praise and the glory of God. So let me just do this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine each and every soul in this place excited about Jesus Christ? Can you imagine that as you're walking out, you have this sensitivity to something going on. And as you're talking to another, you can just tell there's a moment that needs to be happening of praying over or caring for or providing for. God is just moving in you. You are filled with his spirit. You are filled with the fruit of his righteousness and you can't get enough of him. And you're so excited about what's going on. You just want God glorified and shown off. Lord, may I lift you up as I care for those around me. Lord, I thank you for every situation that comes. Even the hard ones. Even those people that are a little rough right now. And thank you that you're moving and shaping. And may I be a part of that and grow in it. Let my knowledge and discernment grow. I'm ready to be thankful and hopeful and in love with you. And watch you take this place by fire. And all of God's people said... To the praise and the glory of God. Let's pray.